Hi, this is Drew. Uh, thanks for tuning in to Doth Protest Too Much. This is uh, an episode of Stephen Burnett and I did December 28th, 2021, during the Christmas season. Uh, normally when Stephen and I meet, uh, we do it in person. Uh, when we do an episode, we do it in person. But he was traveling uh, this season, so we did our episode through Zoom. Uh, we had, for about two or three minutes, we had slight audio issues. It was, after, it was as Stephen was responding to the first podcast that I talked about. Um, he was a little spotty, and so we tried to clean it up as much as we could. But after that, uh, about 95% plus of the episode is, is perfectly clear. Um, and so we hope you enjoy this. In this episode, we each share, we, we kind of do a bit of had a fun, casual conversation about three podcasts that we each have uh, been enjoying and frequently listening to that's podcasts other than the podcast you're listening to which is doth protest too much so these other podcasts i just wanted to uh put some awareness out there because there's lots of thoughtful things out there that people are are doing and uh uh, maybe of interest or not to some of our listeners uh but that's up to y'all but um so we we each chatted about that and then interestingly how it came together because it a lot of what we discussed from all that served as a segue into a further discussion on the evangelist Billy Graham, which we, um, which we've been intending to do uh, since we did our first episode on Graham back in June 2021. That was titled um, "A Prayer Complete Appreciation of Billy Graham." So, if you want to check that episode out as well. Um, you don't need to even listen to it first before really enjoying this one. But it is just to let our listeners know that this is connected. This this episode is, is connected in a way to that one. So we enjoyed having Stephen on. We look forward to having him on again. And uh, God bless you the rest of your Christmas season or whenever you're tuning into this. Uh, blessings on whatever liturgical season we're in in the life of God's church. Take care. Hi, this is the Reverend Andrew Christensen. You're listening to Doth Protest Too Much. We are a Christ-centered, reformationally-minded podcast that explores the history and theology of the Christian church. This podcast originally started as a forum for discussing the developmental history of Christian thought, what is often called historical theology. And it has since grown into an ecumenical team of hosts, myself, Stephen Burnett, Pastor Charlie Lehman, and the Reverend James Rickenbaker. We're all interested in the past, present, and future of the church. We share a commitment to the central place that grace has in the message of the good news, a message we feel often gets lost in our day and age, sometimes in religion itself. A message that is of God's goodwill toward us is echoed in the following words from St. Paul. This is a true saying, and worthy of all men to be received, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I am the chief one. I pray that the discussions in our episodes, whether casual or scholarly, can speak to how the story and witness of Christians from our past can comfort and strengthen us for today. God bless.
Good morning, afternoon, evening, wherever we find you. Thanks for tuning in to Doth Protest Too Much. This has been almost a five-week hiatus since we last had an episode. And joining with me today, though, is our good friend and frequent guest, Stephen Burnett. Stephen, how you doing, man? Man, I'm, I'm doing good. Merry Christmas. Merry Christmas. A time it's of a, year. Yeah, it's like, what, the third day, fourth day? Christmas, yeah, something like Christmas. that. Um, so Stephen's joining uh, kind of us today just to, we're going to have a kind of a, our, our usual, every Christmas we kind of do a fun casual conversation, but there is a little bit of an agenda today. With this, We're also going to finish off our discussion on Billy Graham that we started way back in June, I think it was, was the, um, and that episode yeah. for our listeners is called A Prayer Complete, an Appreciation of Billy Graham. I might like re post the episode we, we've moved to a new podcast host about you know three months ago two months ago and so some of the i might have to bring some i've brought some episodes over i might need to bring some more over um in order for them to stay in existence continuous existence uh but we'll see so far i think uh people are able just to go back and listen to every episode we've done but like I said, it's been about five weeks since we had our last one. So I'm glad to be back. Hope everyone's having a great Christmas. Um, as a reminder for our listeners, uh, you can rate us on Apple Podcasts or whatever streaming service you listen to that lets you rate um, the podcast. Uh, go ahead and feel free to give us whatever rating you think we deserve. We can take it. Uh, <laughs> but anyways, uh, so... Back to Stephen. Um, so our first part of uh, oh, so basically you're you're traveling right now. So let's do some catch up. You're you're in St. Louis, right? Yeah, St. Louis, Missouri. Yes, we are. Uh, my wife and sister and brother in law uh, all piled in the car the other day and drove up here. Just post, you know, after Christmas Day, we went. We decided to have a little vacation and got an Airbnb and. Uh, it's been great. Everything is closed. Really? <laughs> like we're like, oh, we'll do. So there's a there's a museum, the City Museum. Have you been to the City Museum, St. Louis? Uh, I didn't. I, I went to St. Louis once. I did not go to the City Museum. So is it COVID there? Is that why? Uh, no, I, they're closed till Thursday. Like we're leaving Wednesday, and oh. all this stuff's like closed till Thursday. Closed till Thursday. Closed till. Thursday. Oh, okay. So, there's... Um, so I think it's Christmas. I, I don't know. <laughs> Okay. Yeah, we uh, so we missed out on that. We missed out uh, on getting to go to the zoo. It's going to rain all day today, so oh, the we're zoo. not going to go to the zoo. Yeah, don't they? Um, don't they have? Uh, aren't they known for their zoo? For um, am I thinking? Yes, it's okay. free. Um, oh, cool! It's free and it's like huge. Uh, that's what I know about it. There's, I presume, quite mm -hmm. a few animals there. Um, that's what I would assume. But yeah, so we missed out on that. We did get to go to a Christmas light. Uh, I forget, the, it's a park out here and there's a Christmas light show that you drive through and it's like 15 bucks, you know, and you drive your little car through and see all the light. It was, that was very fun. That was mm -hmm. a good time. Um, but yeah, we've, we just, we've been relaxing. I've been checking out all the local coffee shops because it's what I do when I go places and I get way too much coffee and uh, judge harshly. So yeah. that's what I've been up to. That's been good, man. I'm drinking this chicory, chicory blend, New Orleans yeah. Uh, it's called yep. like the New Orleans blend. It's from Huya Coffee in Youngsville. Uh, I, don't know okay. have, I don't know if they have any more. I think it's just like a Youngsville thing. But um, <laughs> the guy working there, uh, he, he, he's like, this is a Steven. You're a genre. Like he's a barista. Uh, he's really, he's just a coffee enthusiast. And uh, <laughs> he's really into it. And it's kind of exciting yeah. because it's like, you know, um, 
uh, you know, he's, he's I, I'm not going to, you know, this is, he's probably like a young guy go, going through school and he, this is his job, you know, and it's like, it's cool. Sure. Like people can get a job lined up with something they're really into. I mean, he's, he's like really into to, to coffee. And like, it's like, I don't know if like someone working at like a, you know, uh, retail places or just, you know, right. it's like, it's like sometimes you're, 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 your interests and likes don't always align until you're later on in your, you know, established career. Right. That's, that's pretty cool. I would not expect to find someone who works like <laughs> checking people out at Walmart, who's like really passionate about Walmart right. or retail, you know? Yeah, exactly. Right. Right. I mean, um, very few, but they, you know, they're probably not going to yeah, be sure the door checker for too long. They're going to move up, you know, <laughs> so, right. If that's, right. If, if they retails or a thing, you know, so um, that's right. But yeah, man. Um, yeah, my Christmas is good. We went up to Shreve, went up to Shreveport, up to up to Shreveport. It's like it's now the north for me in Lafayette. <laughs> went there for perspective is everything. Yeah, not long. Went to see my wife's family, and uh, which is always fun. And then um, we, and I truly mean that. I'm one of those weird people that gets along with their in laws. I guess that's not right. No, I'm in the same boat. Yeah. we're blessed, man. Uh, shout out to the in laws. So. Um, with there for a couple of days but it's been you know i'm on break from uh i'm now a full-time teacher still have some industry duties but i'm mainly uh teaching mm-hmm. christian that formation how has that probably. transition been for you oh it's been good been real good i'm glad to be on break because after four and a half months of, of uh teaching and uh, being in the classroom you, you need a break but uh it's it's been well we're mm. um teaching eighth and ninth grade hope to teach some upperclassmen um starting next year but that's been going real well but um but it's weird because i mean uh, i i taught a uh i taught uh just one class in the morning at uh at a christian high school and uh literally i taught like apologetics to the seniors and i did that uh it was like a i think it was like a half semester thing yeah there's a little segment on that and like it was like the bible class bible hour and uh i was like i it took so much preparation it does it took a ton yeah. of preparation it, it's i and you don't realize and you... yeah i mean I, I growing up i i uh you always thought teachers had it easy um yeah. because it's like you're the one doing the homework right you're the one that has to get a good grade <laughs> teachers already done all that they're just up, they're just up there in the classroom like, no, there's so much prep. There's so much behind the scenes. Um, it does get easier from my colleagues as, as after you do your first year, you have a, you know, a blueprint, you know, you don't obviously just mm-hmm. do the same thing every year, but you have a blueprint of what you do. Uh, so that's kind of my goal is to get through this year teaching um, and then going forward, um, you know, live into it more, I guess. So, um, mm-hmm. but yeah, um, so we have, before we get to Billy, <laughs> last time we did an episode where we were going to do um our Billy Graham part two, we never got to Billy Graham, but we are, no, we are we getting not. to Billy Graham today. It's that's, uh, <laughs> but um, first we are going, Stephen and I are each going to share. We each are, are going to share about three podcasts, maybe our favorite ones, but not necessarily just three podcasts mm-hmm. that we have been really enjoying lately, like in the past couple mm-hmm. months and uh, that we find ourselves frequently listening to. Um, I guess the format mm-hmm. we'll do this, Stephen's like, you uh, Either one of us go first, but you'll you'll do one. I'll do one. You'll do one. I'll do one. Um, sure, that'd be great. Uh, but yeah, I encourage our list. You know, this I like to. It's it's you know, I have like a, you know lots of interests. I have interests other than just like theology. But one of the podcasts is a theology podcast. Mm-hmm. But, but you know, we'll get into we'll get into all that. But um, 
Uh, and I also want to support some of some of these other great commentary that's out commentaries that are out there for mm -hmm. yeah check out if you have some you, you might you know similar affinities i would say to myself in, in some respects so mm -hmm. um do you want to go ahead uh you want to do your, the first one yeah. so uh i've been listening to uh the rise and fall of mars hill ah, which is put still out by not Christianity today that. yeah you gotta listen to it I know. um it let me tell you something like and I've heard about this from like you know, my pastor at my church is talking about listening to it. And he's mentioned it a couple of times from the pulpit. And uh, it like, it's, it's, first of all, it's very well done. It's just a very well done kind of documentary type podcast. Um, it gets a little like in the, in the first episode, I was like, this sounds an awful lot like Dateline, just how intense everything is and the, the intense music and the intense voice and all that um but it really they do a really good job telling the story and for those that don't know uh marcel church uh in seattle um was a a mega church uh from like 19 i think it started in like the late 90s and went through 2014 and it just straight collapsed and it was all built on this guy uh, mark driscoll who was the uh who's the, the lead pastor there and uh, he had a complete, like, you know, complete fall. Um, and, but it was all based on, you know, uh, his leadership style, uh, his attitude. It was more, you know, you, we expect, you hear about pastors falling, but this guy, like, um, it was because he, he was so domineering. He was, you know, uh, hard on his people mean you know a lot of things like that controlling manipulative all that kind of stuff and just you know seizing power and there was a lot at stake i mean they had fifteen thousand uh you know members at their church and they their church was a multi-site um so there was you know uh campuses all about throughout washington state they had them in uh i want to say new mexico california they had them everywhere mm -hmm. um and uh so yeah fifteen thousand members and it went from that over the course of a few weeks and really what what what, what spurred the, the the last bit uh and i mean i was i was listening to his stuff prior to, the, to this thing around 2008 2009 i was really into his, his uh, uh sermons and things like that so when i heard that this happened at, at the time in 2014 it was a shock but what spurred it all kind of knocked the last few dominoes over was a bunch of allegations of plagiarism on his part his books and sermons and things of that nature um, so really, it was just a bunch of things that, that but it, it collapsed down. But um, it was a it, the podcast was fascinating. It did a great job uh, in not just focusing on like the bad stuff that was done, which is kind of like you know the rubbernecking thing that we have of wanting to wanting to like you know bask in all the horribleness. Like they did a good job of balancing the kind of more horrible stuff with why were people involved in this church to begin with? What right. were they getting out of it? And it was right. a lot of really good stuff. People, um, you know, had their lives changed at this church. They met God at this church. They um, built families at this church. And so it, it, it's really well done in that way. Um, but yeah, fascinating story. I've listened to it twice because I listened to it uh, three quarters of the way through. And I was telling my wife about it. You got to listen to this podcast. She was like, yeah, okay. You know, sure, sure, sure. And so then we start our Christmas travels and we, we drove down to Austin to see 
So her family, and we drove to Little Rock to see my family. Now we're in, in St. Louis. So on the way down, you know, from between Shreveport and Austin and then Austin and, and Little Rock, uh, she's like, oh, listen to it. And so we listened to the whole thing. Again. I was going to say, <laughs> that's a lot really of traveling as well. to be able to get in that much podcast. That's a lot. Um, oh, yeah, because some of the episodes are like two and a half hours long. Like the last yeah. couple are two and a half hours long. Um, there's 12 episodes that make up the, the story. Um, oh, okay. There's a couple of the side episodes, a couple of like, there's a couple of like just bonus episodes thrown in, but if you want to just listen straight through, it's 12 episodes and the last two are each two and a half hours long. So it's kind of like, uh, a, it's not an ongoing podcast. It's a, no, they were like, they know where they, they, they stay and we're going to land the plane. Okay. But what was um, cool. So it took them a year and a half to, to research this because it's all heavily um, centered on, like people's testimony and people's you know talking with with uh christianity today the guys making this podcast so as they're releasing episodes people that were reticent to talk and didn't want to share their story heard a couple episodes and now they want to talk and now they want to talk about their their, their experience right and so that kind of added on to what they were going to do and gave them more content and more angles um but they did wrap it up at 12 episodes right some people saw it, they see others do it and they know it's okay to do it. Um, mm-hmm. The testimony, you know, it's, it's, um, I'm again, I've not listened to the podcast, but it just like, it is just knowing the basic, like, I guess, sign off to so it just goes to show that you never, a church, a faith community, a church brand should never like base itself around uh, a personality or, or especially a single, right. single personality, you know, um, humans are broken and no one uh is able to no humans able to transcend that uh that's not to excuse of course you know the wrongdoings of a pastor and how they may have hurt someone it's funny like um i part of i'll be honest like part of why i haven't listened to it yet is kind of just so tired of um a lot of just anti-church uh Mm -hmm. or just people taking punches at the churches just in the general um world especially media world today um i know i knew this was not that was not of that genre like it was probably kind of more in-house i'm assuming people that are willing to consider in a way you know like you said people find found there's a reason why people found themselves in that church community in, in the first place is because there really was genuine things of value to yes you know, that were brought to their life you know and importantly i mean we talked about on our past on our amy mcpherson episode that people uh, were genuinely um brought to faith through mm-hmm. some very problematic perhaps egotistical religious leaders or faith leaders you know yeah well, what's that? There's that the scripture where Paul is addressing people that are preaching, uh, preaching Christ for selfish ambition. And he says, basically, you know, I don't care just so long it, why they do it, just so long as Christ is preached. Right. right? Um, that's actually what know, we titled but, that uh, Amy McPherson episode. That's these, right. That's right. We did. We've been doing all these plugins for these past episodes. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, man. Um, so let me, this, this leads to a question that I've had that I'm, I'm wrestling with now. And I'd love to have your input on it. Like, I wonder because, and it's tied into Billy Graham for me when I was uh, talking about this stuff uh, with my wife and talking with my family about it too. 
is it like I know there's nothing wrong with having a hundred thousand people in a room in one church. Like there's not the number of people doesn't make it bad. Can a human being handle that kind of thousands of people looking to them to speak to God for them? Can a human being actually uh, actually take that? What is it, or does it change you? to have that many people look up to you and think that you are speaking to God for them right? and look up to you as a leadership. Can, does that, can people handle that? Or, um, and I, we have Billy Graham as an example of someone that, that endured massive success. Yeah. <laughs> this is a weird thing to say, I guess. Literally like an audience. Massive of, success. I think some of his audiences were like over a million or something crazy like that. Yeah. It's a good and question the, because the, like the caliber of people. Right. It's a good question. I think, um, I mean, I can't, from my own experience, I can't, I can't like relate to, I mean, I can relate to like in ministry, like going from like in my seminary training or CPE training, which is like your interning um, where you're kind of thrown into being, you know, pastor figure for the first time. It's, it's a lot of one-on-ones and then you do get training and preaching and stuff. But like when you go from like, I went to a, um, for an Episcopal church. St. Mark's, of course, where we, where we met, um, it's St. Mark's for an Episcopal church was a pretty good sized church. And to, it was the first time where I, you know, I had 200 people. I was in front of 200 people for the first time. Um, now granted we're liturgical. Um, I can, you know, <laughs> a lot of it's not my, um, it's not, I, there's not a lot, you don't have to, uh, an Episcopal clergy person doesn't have to rely on a lot of spontaneity is in the formal worship setting but as far as like facilitating things outside of worship and leading certain mm-hmm. things or just even it's like yeah you kind of do there's an interesting relationship with, with a crowd you kind of have to you, you feed off them and they feed off you you know there's kind of a symbiosis going mm-hmm. on and um that i can see how that could easily go to your head um uh i mean ministers are, are like they're people they're flawed people and i've um me myself included of course um so yeah there there's i can't imagine being like the mega church leader i mean that's i could see where there's always that temptation to like you said are the people changed is it necessarily some of it some of it goes to their head but just they're just kind of just changed into being Mm -hmm. i don't know performative having a certain performative Mm -hmm. aspect about them that just kind of I don't know where am I going with this? Just, just kind of like. Well, uh, I mean, I could see, I could see like because my my tell, I asked my dad this question. He said, "Well, Stephen, I think you you know those guys if they want to be successful, they have to say um, the attitude has to be, well, I, you know, this is all because of God. God's the one mm-hmm. doing all this good stuff." And I said, "That's correct," but I feel like the thought pops into your head then. But God chose me. Right. You know, I was the one who was available for God to do all these amazing things. So yes, he did, but he chose me. Like I that stuff is so pride is so insidious. And I'm just like, yeah, the kind of person that can handle that gives me so much more respect for guys like Billy Graham, the kind of people that can handle um that. Because I think that there are so few and far between. And you know, they talk about several other pastors that had the collapse you know you bill hybels um, mm-hmm. written a bunch of books huge huge con- like pastor and pastors kind of guy and uh and you all these guys and it's like man by the time you get that big what what 
character do you have to have? What maturity do you have to have to be able to sustain you through that? It was just a question that I had, and I still not, I'm still not, you know, landed it on. It is kind of yeah. When when people well, the, and the problem is that people, you know, people when you base a church brand around a certain personality, that person's put on a pedestal, mm-hmm. um, and so which is the sad thing. That's not to say, of course, that that leader doesn't have a. I mean, it's scriptural, right? There should be a, yeah. uh, you have to have a certain character about you in order to, to do this beyond reproach. Right. Um, yeah. But, um, well, what one's famous, infamous, the recent, the apologist, Ravi Zacharias. Ravi Zacharias. That's what I mentioned yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's, that was just like shock. I'm like, are you serious? can't believe it like how in this day and age where you can be exposed you know, on the drop of a dime like it's amazing he even got away with it as long as he did but yeah but yeah um i will go i don't know what podcast to do first of the three i will go ahead and um <clears throat> i will go ahead i'll just do the the, the juicy political one so <laughs> um so there's a podcast this falls in the political social commentary realm. It's called Blocked and Reported. Um, now, here's my disclaimer. Heard of this, yeah, yeah. Th- this is my disclaimer. Doth protest too much is not a partisan podcast. We're not even a political podcast. Um, people anywhere can tune in and listen to us. And uh, of course, I, I, I like audiences to be of, you know, ideally have, be of all stripes and different political social views so you saw we're, we're we're not about like promoting one one ideology over another <laughs> just to get that out of a way that's our disclaimer but um <laughs> uh plus being ordained minister like i am I have to be careful about that but um it's a delicate dance right but there's a podcast called blocked and reported which i just found like very relieving to listen to um I stumbled upon it maybe a couple of weeks ago. Uh, it's a podcast. They say they're a podcast about internet nonsense. <laughs> and of course, what does that mean? Because there's lots of internet nonsense, right? Um, yeah, it's mostly. Right. I mean, there's a stunt. But, but what, they're, what they're referring to is that um, they're especially, uh, well, for one, they're, they're interested in investigating uh, misinformation and misreporting from um, a lot of online news. Um as well as just kind of exposing kind of just toxic corners of uh, the internet uh, that where, you know, social and political issues are just debated at a, just in a, in a very unhealthy way, which is like most places. But, um, so then um, there it's the podcast is hosted, hosted by Katie Hirsog and Jesse single. Um, they're, they're journalists themselves. And um, they both identify as being uh, left of center politically and socially. Uh, but they're concerned with the culture war excesses of their own side, um, especially in our current political climate. So they do episodes that document real instances of where of like cancel culture or people being deplatformed or people losing their jobs um, or people like being called out for because they said something that could be interpreted as like, you know, problematic um from a progressive standpoint so they get like they they expose like where people get just mobbed by an online mob of 
people commenting on a tweet or something uh that's just like uh that that's to the level of absurdity and um and a lot of their episodes involve like instances of they'll find like uh uh, just over the top articles from like Vice or Slate or Vox types of medias that um, Katie and Jesse, the host, normally would are consumers of because that's that's you know they they that's they lean in that view um, they, right. that's where they lean in their view um, and like they'll they'll show like where there's like a central or crucial aspect that this you know this uh opinion piece or this article is supposed to be reporting or commenting on something recently mm -hmm. uh, some crucial they'll 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 be a crucial aspect of what they're talking about missing and whether that's like deliberate because it's an inconvenient truth for them or whether it's like they okay kind of, you know they, they kind of like uh, point this stuff out um but they're not like and they also call out they, they call out the right as well um and what i appreciate mm -hmm. so much is that it's just like an honest like concern for what um for fairness and what is true right um they um that and they're you know they're they're kind of they recognize the danger that uh tribalism which is being perpetuated in online in the super online world especially um they're concerned with that and how um tribalism can also become just a vicious cycle um turns into echo chambers and it's just like you know vicious echo chambers um and you know i just think we need more people like them that are you know they, they belong to a certain tribe but they're willing to call their own tribe out yeah. um you know it's it should not be a rarity that should be like, it should be I, don't think it, I don't think it used to be it should be normal right and, and it, what the and we were talking about this the other you're breaking out a little bit steven Oh, you there? Can you hear me? I'm here now. Let yeah, go ahead and start again. I'm sorry. Okay. You're breaking up. I was saying you're good. You're good. My wife we're, we're kind of talking about this the day, just that people if you view the war, the culture war as the most important, mm -hmm. uh, then you're willing to look past all the other excesses on your side. Right. ways in which they go outside of the line ways in which they're wrong and dead wrong on on what you would consider minor issues you know those minor issues they're just not part of the war and it you know i think it's my energy to criticize people on my own we might lose the war i need to use all my energy to attack people on the other side right and that's not that's not you know it's not it's not it's just uh, it's fear yeah and i don't mind people having opinions i mean i have opinions i have ideas about the way i think things should be but and not allow that uh to make you you know to cause you to look past everyone else on your side people that are saying with because that was 20 can be really toxic and i think primo example of that is um you know the, the elements of the right that are like shun white supremacist types right? right it's like please shun them please i don't care if they're saying 80 percent of the things that you agree with that's their right. like you know what i mean um anyway yeah i followed both those guys are uh podcast on and so i i'm not podcast i see their stuff on twitter it's Oh, you said you know both those people, of those. I follow them on Twitter. 
Yeah. Oh, do you? Okay. See, I'm not even on Twitter. <laughs> they're, they're like, that's yeah. where they like uncover so much of this stuff. I mean, it's just so yeah crazy that, um, to, uh, to, I mean, I always thought Twitter's not a conducive form for, for great discussion ultimately anyway, because you have a character limit. You, you're tempted to get your point across in like a a zinger right and so you tend to be reductive you tend to be um simplistic and you're just kind of going for the jab at someone else and you know it's just not overall not a help this i'm personally not on twitter this podcast is a twitter page i don't even like it's so out of date like <laughs> not protesting much is more up to date on instagram <laughs> than it is on oh i know twitter but um but yeah, so I would, yeah, it's called Blocked and Reported. Uh, recommend, oh, and the episode that I really liked from that, there's a couple of them. One was, it was episode 86 of Blocked and Reported. It was, uh, it was um, basically they covered, there was the story of, I think it's Luden County, Virginia. I might be mispronouncing it. Luden County, Virginia had a school board meeting and there was a video that went viral. And I guess the initial, I guess reporting got better on this event since, but the initial reporting it just took like a few moments of video really out of context. If you were to look at the video, it looks like um, a school board meeting totally gone to hell. And there's this irate, it looks like a guy with a torn shirt, irate yelling at a woman and the police are trying to like, and it's like a middle-aged white man and he's yelling and the police are trying to like calm, like, like uh, restrain him. And that's all it is. Yeah. And the little context given to it was that, uh, they're talking about like critical race theory and, and this was an irate dad. I didn't want his kids. Like that was the only, like, but it, it they, the Katie and Jesse did investigated this and mm -hmm. that was totally not what this was at all. And that's all I'm going to say. Um, wow. and it just shows that it, it was like, it was, had nothing to do with this. And so it just goes to show that like, um, how dangerous like in the age where everything becomes news instantly before like the context is fully there like how yeah. toxic that can be for for society <laughs> you know um, yeah, no it's episode 86 you said episode 86 i don't remember that they're they don't even like title their episodes it's just like oh this episode it's like it's just like Jesse talks to so and so and so from so and so and so. So that's like that's like their title. <laughs> like they don't. Okay. Okay. Gotcha. Um, it's yeah. They get right into the description. Yeah, and um, yeah. So it's yeah, it's really really well done. Um, explicit warning on it. I mean, all their episodes, they they swear a lot on it. So it's not like you know, but you'll you'll discover that if you look it up. There's an E there for explicit for our listeners. <laughs> just just your warning. So. All right, Stephen. Um, what's what's your uh, next one? So yeah, my next one is uh, the Nate Land. Podcast. I just so yeah, the Nate Land podcast. So it's 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 uh, Nate Bargatze, um, spelled like it sounds. I'm not going to try and spell it right now because I don't have it in front of me and I will screw it up. But uh, and two other comedians and they sit around and talk about stuff. So they're like hour and a half long episodes, and what they do is they just take a a, a subject like the, one of the recent ones was the universe they did a two-part episode on the universe and one of the guys just reads facts about the universe uh and then the other you know they all riff on them they all just make jokes or say whatever's funny it's just that kind of very casual thing 
Um, if I had to recommend an episode of this, it would be uh, the Seinfeld episode. They're all huge Seinfeld episode or Seinfeld fans, the comedian and the show. And uh, it's just them like mentioning facts about the, the show and then like making jokes about that. It, it's, it's pretty funny just because it's so, um, it's very much, you know, impromptu and off the cuff and uh, it's fun. But they spend the first, you know, probably 30 minutes of the show reading comments and mail they got from the from listeners and fans i love those, um, those are the best kind of shows <laughs> where they oh like man. bring in their feedback yes yeah and it's 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 like criticism stuff but one thing that's cool about the show i think is they've done a good job with like building community because they have a ton of inside jokes um one of the one of the comedians like no one ever refers to him by his name his name starts with a b i've completely forgotten his name because they call him band-aid or beach or you know breakfast or whatever it's brian i think but like literally one of the like no no one who writes in uh calls him by his name they call him something that starts with a b and that's just an inside joke with the with the show like they have a ton of these inside jokes and it's you just yeah it's a very very fun like you're riding down the road and you don't want to really think about a whole lot you just want to like laugh and chuckle and Right. feel like you're listening to somebody's talk it's a great podcast it's the nate land podcast okay what what's okay the name yeah. of it again because we for our listeners we have yeah nate land. Using... so n-a yeah okay. n-a-t-e-l-a-n-d because his name is nate bargatze and so it's the nate land podcast the nate land okay have yeah I seen, listen uh, they've got like seen nate anywhere else outside this podcast yeah nate bargatze he's he's got a couple of uh Netflix specials, which I okay. highly like recommend checking out. He's got some uh, albums on Spotify. Um, that's where I I found him. I found him in one of those like comedy playlists on Spotify. Okay. And uh, he's this Tennessee kid, like Tennessee boy that like he's just got that slow Southern drawl. He mispronounces a lot of things, and uh, he's just and he, he's and I'll say this: they the guys that are on this podcast, they are all uh, they consider themselves clean comedians. Um, oh, and they, they're really concerned with being funny without being, you know, without doing the shock thing. Um, and so that, that's kind of a, that's kind of a key to this whole, this whole deal is they're, they're really concerned about being, being clean and being something that, you know, family can listen to. And so, uh, that, that's, that's definitely a part of it. This is not like, you know, they're going to get on there and, uh, try and shock each other, or shock the audience or say the worst possible thing. Like they're, they are all, you know, they're family men and, uh yeah but anyway i i know really there's no that e, podcast there's no e for explicit. no there's no e no e ratings on these they uh, uh and it's just them just like them talking about comedy it's them talking about you know their lives and and as comedians and what they you know what they consider to be um you know good experiences bad experiences. it's just you know it's the whole thing you kind of get you kind of get the dudes and uh they've built such a community out of it that like first of all there's some dudes on uh on reddit they have a huge reddit reddit following there's some dudes on there that you know they post all this kind of stuff someone made uh a nate land theme park like i think in minecraft or something they built a whole freaking oh, right. nate land theme park um you know and so it's just they have this huge like it's just a community thing it's very fun but yeah the nate land podcast nate land pod you know what's a funny thing about the yeah. e for explicit thing um what's that so back at st mark's when i was uh doing um 
uh, I would we would do like uh, devotional time in the morning every Wednesday. We had like mm -hmm. a, it was like middle schoolers met up and they listened. I, we'd put a, like music playlist on. Usually it was like you know top forty type music, whatever. And uh, and then uh, we would do like a devotion. And uh, I remember one time like <clears throat> I found a play like I was new to Spotify and I found a mm -hmm. playlist that was marked E and I thought E meant edited. Right. Oh no! <laughs> yeah, the complete opposite. It was hip hop. It was hip hop. Oh music. no! So it was explicit <laughs> hip hop music playing for like ten minutes. And then I came like, um, and then like the, the, all these words started popping. I'm like, oh, okay, I need to. Uh, so yeah, I, I need to look look into this. <laughs> I remember I was there was a, a youth event or something like that that we played um, Pandora. We just plugged in the free Pandora. Uh-huh. And we started getting like, you know, KY jelly ads that would pop up. Oh I'm like, God. we're buying it now. Oh yeah, yeah. We're we're freaking buying you you've earned your seven dollars a month, Pandora, because we're not gonna have ads. <laughs> we're not gonna have ads at all. <laughs> no, um, no, not when it's just got this stuff. Like, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> um and it was just like at some event, like it was like wasn't like, you know, it was like we're just having music in the background kind of thing. Like, nope, we're not having that in the background yeah so uh, <laughs> right um so my next podcast oh what to pick i guess um since we're on um since we're talking about bad stuff i'll go with my my bad my next bad podcast uh, <laughs> it's not bad it's, it's called uh it, it's a horror ghost so it's it's a it's a podcast oh, nice. paranormal ghost stories it's called scared to death um okay and it's hosted by Dan and Lynn's Cummings, I think Cummins. Dan's a comedian okay. as well. Uh, he's not a family comedian. I don't think. I don't know. He <laughs> he has like a few podcasts, but um, I discovered this one. I don't. So I, I discovered this one. I was, um, I think I looked up. So there's this cemetery near my hometown where I grew up um, or in Saginaw, Michigan. It's actually in a place called Hemlock. Michigan and it's called okay. it's called Dice Road Cemetery because it's on Dice Road which is this long road and out in rural Hemlock Michigan and um there was always like it, it was always said to be like a haunted cemetery and so like I remember like huh. in like late high school like immediate post high school parts of my life like going with there there with a couple friends like because like you know, oh, like we'll see something. Like, we never saw anything. Like it's, you know, it's it's actually yeah. kind of, it was a it was a pretty cemetery. It was like um, it was like an old like I think the last burial there was probably a hundred years ago. It was, you know, it's like a historic cemetery, very small. Um, uh, but uh, just kind of a pretty. But but you know, there's also that you know some of those old pretty. Uh, there's there's also like a haunting aspect to some of those old. Sure. Pretty, you know, so um. So it was kind of like eerie in that regard, but like I never saw anything crazy. And, and so like I just I just kind of dismissed the whole thing as like just, you know, because I would hear like I heard there was this group, they weren't my friends. There was like a group of people that mutually knew people I knew who said that like they went to the cemetery and like once I got in there, like their car died. And and like every time if you go no. in there at like 1201, your car will die, just stuff like that, you know, but um, <laughs> 
but like I never like I just took it with a huge grain of salt and I naturally do even to mm. this day for any like paranormal thing people talk about but I'll get to that part later but anyway so like um and I don't know and so this you know like I said this is late high school like right after high school so this is like um years ago but um I recently I don't know how I came across this I don't know if I like googled it or something I think I saw saw something on they were they did like an indie film about this that I didn't I did not end okay. up watching, but it was on it was literally on like Prime or something. I, I don't know the name of it or anything. If I find out more about that, I'll put it in the show notes. But like I thought about watching it, but I didn't. And then like I like just out of curiosity, because I'll do this, I'll Google something like, oh, you know, I wonder if there's any real stuff about that cemetery, you know, back from my hometown. And I came across mm-hmm. this episode from this podcast, Scared to Death. They did an episode on Dice Road Cemetery. And, um, so, uh, and this app and I listened to it and there was like a lot of documentation of crazy stuff going on at not just the cemetery, but also a farmhouse, like a half mile down the road. Like there was like, um, there was incidences okay. of like police visiting because there was just like eerie noises that of like banging on the side of this farmhouse that was kind of like by the cemetery but okay that just wouldn't like quit and like uh they couldn't identify who was like banging on the side of the house just like crazy stuff i mean i won't go into full details on it because it's on the episode sure um and then there was uh in the cemetery itself like you know, there, it's said to be that a certain like uh, figure of a person or a ghostly apparition or something of, of this certain lady appears, and, and this there actually was a historic lady who um, uh, came over in the 19th century, um, who lived on the grounds of where the cemetery is, and she ended up taking uh, her own life due to some really tragic circumstances, and I think like the death of a loved oh, one. And like all this stuff's like documented um, and uh, or I would have little reason because they actually refer to um, where they discovered this and where they read about this person where in where and, and these these police reports and like this the police investigation of like the house that I mentioned a moment that's yeah. from like the 1970s and I, I think they referred to like um how the newspaper mentioned like the local paper had stuff about it and so like obviously some strange things went on with uh with not a real explanation other than being like it's you know this is like a paranormal thing um and so it was after listening i was found it fascinating because you know it's it's like anything you read about like it's something that took place by where you lived or someplace you you've been yeah it just makes it more interesting and so um yeah i just thought it was um and so i started listening to that podcast more and they have all kinds of crazy spooky story and i'm always like you know i'm always up for a scary story you know here and there and so for a while i was listening to this podcast kind of around halloween time you know um i haven't listened yeah you know it's been a little while since I've listened, tuned in, uh, but yeah, it's called scared to death. Um, the format of each show is like, nice. they, they, um, they bring in like two, they bring in like two stories. Well, it's, it, it'll bring in a person. They, 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 the first like two thirds of the show is usually like one or two things that Dan, the, uh, the guy host that he, that he yeah. like 
uh, found interested in and he looked further into and research and he presented like what he finds. And then like the last third of the okay. show is Lynn's, um, his wife doing, um, uh, sharing, uh, listener submitted stories. Um, okay. and again, I take, I'm generally skeptical when it comes to like paranormal stories is because I, I, you know, I think it's healthy to be skeptical towards that because if you were just, you know, yes. this is not like, it's not like a lot of, a lot of my interests involve peer reviewed journals and, um, you know, established disciplines that study these things. And, and for this, for paranormal stuff, that there's, there's just not, that <laughs> just doesn't have that level of well validity, you know? So, yeah. No, it's like, I, like my attitude, you know, <laughs> I told someone recently, I don't know why these things are coming up in my life recently, but I told someone recently, I was like, look, whenever I have like a, I see like a light flicker in the house or I hear a sound that I don't like, I just assume lights flicker sometimes. Houses are weird and drafty and make noises. Right. Like I, 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 my baseline assumption is, you know, I can be sure that I saw something that hey, you know, I probably didn't see it. It was probably a trick of the light or whatever. Like I have no problem with that because I, it happens to me regularly so right. either I especially am with you because you're a, a home inspector <laughs> right oh yeah now, some of those places are haunted no doubt man no freaking doubt some of those places are haunted. no uh I, I, I you know i just i'm like no this stuff is very easy to explain and the explanation is you're not infallible and you miss see things that's the right. explanation like, right but uh, some people get so so into that stuff so they i get so into it yeah and if you're just to Google, like if you Google this stuff, you're going to get hits upon hits of just, just total bogus, like nonsense. Yeah. Um, people, I mean, people like will sensationalize the stuff. I mean, obviously. So yeah. I take this stuff with a huge grain of salt. Um, but at the same time, like I simultaneously try to have the skepticism toward it while also uh, acknowledging that these things happen. Um, yeah. You know, I do believe that there are, are, uh, there's a spiritual world. There's right, a spiritual like, world. And, and for yeah. a while, my attitude was like, well, the spiritual realm doesn't work like, you know, because we have a modern understanding and then we know that the spiritual world, which is actually this will segue later into uh, some some stuff on Billy Graham that I was going to share. But, um, yeah. you know, we, uh, I, for a while, I felt like, you know, uh, the spiritual realm doesn't, because it's so prone to being sensationalized, especially when you get into uh evil and demons and the devil like uh it, oh it, yeah you know it's it's so um people take it and run a and and just run wild with that uh, with these notions yeah. but um nevertheless i think if i don't find any way to you know to read and interpret the new testament um without right. acknowledging that these are things that go on and then i have had mm -hmm. since i had that you know um since i've had since i like when i first formulated my ideas on this years and years ago my 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 own mind has been changed by uh one particular personal experience i had um where i i knew that there was an unseen um malevolent force in where mm -hmm. i was and so um that which is a experience i don't want to like have again but um so it's this stuff uh, yeah you know but um you know um, well okay and i think i think you know one way i heard a guy say 
look, Jesus really seemed to believe that there right. were evil, malevolent forces. He interacted with them. You know, he doesn't like guys. Come on, get off. Yeah, they're they're a thing. You know, and my thing, I think the difference between a healthy understanding that there's there are you know there are unseen spiritual forces and full embrace of all the paranormal stuff is that the the paranormal stuff seems completely disconnected from any logic or reason right in that and what i mean by that is great but what i mean by that is you know these guys are like oh my house is haunted well how do you know because i put that figurine over there and i came back in later and it was it was slid six inches to the right and you think okay so this spirit is this poltergeist his, his efforts are just to make you kind of a little creeped out and he's doing it by moving things around slightly. Like that doesn't make sense. That doesn't mean that if you have the power to lift things up, if you're a dangerous being, why would you content yourself with shuffling around, you know, knickknacks? Right. Um, you know, but, you know, demonic stuff we see in scripture and we see um, in some cases, like you say, in, in real life, there is a, a, a point to it. There is a, a driving mm-hmm. uh, a desire in it. And, and it's, you know, wouldn't you know, it? it's against it's against what God's doing in the world. Right. <laughs> like it, it's, it's anti-Christ. It's anti the mission of God. It's anti the people of God. That makes a lot of sense to me. And um, I think it's, it's to confuse um, and it's to, um, to confuse and to, to lie and to, mm-hmm. you know, um, I think that's how uh, evil works uh, primarily. Yeah, and I think there are some instances of like, freak occurrence stuff like something being moved around but i don't you know i don't who knows i don't know if that's the <laughs> but it's, it's not it's not aunt matilda moving her stuff around right you know that that, that that that's where it gets weird it's like oh well the the thing said you know uh the name of our cat from when i was two you know okay well that doesn't mean it was your grandma you know what I mean? like that stuff gets really bizarre and weird and and uh you know, I mean, I grew up Pentecostal, so me saying something's bizarre and weird should really give people pause. Um, I was going to say you were, but... um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, you were, you come from a Christian tradition that um, takes a lot more seriously, I would say. Um, oh, yeah. It's not always, not always in a good way, but it takes a lot more seriously than the reality of the spiritual realm yes. uh, being, work, being, you know, not separated from our own. Uh, it centralizes you know, it. Yeah, and uh yeah i think that that's it's a mistake but yeah no interesting interesting podcast what was the name of it again uh scared to death that's what it's called very nice very nice go ahead with your next one okay so uh i listened to a lot of podcasts and so i had to make a decision here and i'm going with uh the dr john deloney show okay uh he's he's a guy um and he uh he's got two doctorates in uh i I don't know some psychology stuff um but he's done a lot of uh, trauma and crisis counseling so uh he worked for universities for a long long time and uh would show up at the site of suicides and murders and tragedies and uh kind of help the people there go through stuff and so really heavy uh, his background is really heavy with that stuff, um, but he does a call-in show now um, and where people will call in with, um, you know, 
stuff from, hey, my husband uh, has this thing where he eats all the Rice Krispies in one sitting and it really bothers me to, you know, hey, I, you know, my husband is abusive or my, my wife is cheating on me and like, or, you know, hey, my mom and dad are really intense about uh, us doing Christmas at their house. That's inconvenient. Like, what do I, you know, like, it's stuff like that's life stuff. And mm-hmm. so people will call him in the, the one, you know, he usually does about three phone calls per episode and they're between 40 minutes and an hour typically. And so you'll have, you know, one that's like, how do I talk to my friend and tell her that she's, you know, she needs to back off. She's using too much of my time and I, you know, can't hang out with her all the time to really intense. There's a guy that called in uh, where his, his two, two of his, uh, his two middle sons uh, tried to murder their mother out of nowhere oh my gosh like they attacked her with knives and wow. now they're both in jail you know it's crazy like they're like living at home 16 and 14 or something like that and it's crazy like he talked to that guy the whole the whole episode but um yeah it, it, the show is is fantastic it's he's actually in spite of everything i've said over life it's all pretty intense stuff he's a very fun personality mm-hmm. like you know he, he does every episode most every episode he ends with uh, what he calls the this is the best song that's ever been written. It's always a different song. Oh. And it's usually some, you know, metal song. This is the best song ever written. And he will read the lyrics from it. And that's the sign off. It, it's just, it's just, it's a fun show. But yeah, I'm, it's been great. Like, because he, you know, you listen to it a lot and similar themes emerge, you know, and mm-hmm. you, so you hear him address how to handle certain things or how to think about certain things. Um, with kids or you know with your kids or with your parents or with your spouse and uh, my wife and I have gotten a lot uh, out of it just in terms of how do we communicate with each other because a lot of these calls are relational calls and mm-hmm. how do we think about um, communicating with each other and one of the things he says is that so many people um, go through life and they don't they don't ever hear the important people in their life tell them uh, that, you know, I'm, Hey, I'm just really happy that you're in my life. I'm really happy that I get to, uh, to be in this relationship with you. So then my wife and I, um, you know, every night before we go to sleep, we look each other in the eyes and, and we tell each other, Hey, I'm, I'm really happy and really honored that I get to be married to you mm-hmm. and every night. And it's just been a really life giving thing. And it's just part of, uh, part of what we do. And, right. uh, so yeah, the, the Dr. John Deloney show, really interesting you hear a lot of people's weird drama and it's it's very fun um isn't it great when you can have something that just strengthens your relationship with another person you know whether it's an act whether it's yeah. a podcast whether it's an activity you do together whether it's something you read together you know um yeah that's great yeah. that that's doing that for you and your life you get something out of it that's more than just entertainment value you, know, you get some real right. value out of something um and it, and it helps you with the most important things in your life i'm sure uh, your relationships with people, mm-hmm. you know? So, yeah, I, I, I really enjoy it. My wife has, I think, listened to, she's like, it started a couple of, like a year ago or two years ago. And she's listened to every episode, <laughs> every single one, it's three days a week. It's like Monday, Wednesday, Friday, he releases them. Um, and he's, he's one of like, he's works for uh, Dave Ramsey's company. Okay. So like he does, uh, so that's, but he's really different than the other than the neighbors the other guys that, that work there it's 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 an interesting tension i think yeah because this doesn't sound more this doesn't sound as like maybe self-helpy financial yeah correct i mean that 
I, I have a family member who works at David Ramsey's office. So I kind of, Oh yeah. Know, I, I get a little peek into that uh, world, but yeah. Um, sure. But yeah, that's uh, what, so he's a doctor, doctor. He's got two PhD. Yeah. <laughs> Dr. Literally John, doctor, doctor. Exactly. Name Maloney. of the show, Dr. John Maloney. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and, and yeah, I mean, what's interesting is like, there's a weird, it's, it's a tension. Cause I, I feel like, you know, he doesn't talk too much about this stuff, but you get the sense that he's more politically left and, and Ramsey is definitely politically right. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, people will call in and some of their problems are like, man, you know, I'm trying to get out of debt and I'm trying to be really intense about getting out of debt because, you know, we got to get out of debt and my wife's just mad all the time and doesn't want to talk to me. He's like, well, maybe you back off of the getting out of debt thing and focus on your marriage, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, right. that kind of stuff. Maybe the most important thing for you is not achieving this, whatever, you know, with or without your spouse, maybe the most important thing in your life is to get on the same page. And so you feel like, you know, it's stuff that I don't think that necessarily uh, Dave Ramsey would say, <laughs> Right. Um, you know, he's more about, Hey, get out of debt. They need to get on board. You know? So right. but I, I, it's been really interesting. I've, I've really enjoyed the show. And it sounds uh, like him and Ram, the Ramsey the crowd they they compliment each other i guess <laughs> yes i think that is there um is that they the, it's kind of a complimentary view and you know most of the time if you ever listen to to dave ramsey's show it's also a call-in show people call it money questions and you get into it and you're like this is not a money question this is a relationship question mm-hmm. you know this is you know, you don't, you know, you're having a hard time handling, you know, you're, oh, my husband has $40,000 in debt that he never told me about. Well, that's kind of a money thing. That's really more of a relationship thing. Right. It's like what's underneath. That he didn't, yeah. Yeah. Right. 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 There's something underneath. Um, so if it wasn't money, it'd be something else, but that's, that's not the real issue type thing, you know? Yeah. Exactly. And so I think that's kind of why he's on. But yeah, it's been a, it's been a fantastic show. That's good, man. Um, so you did your three. Um, I did two. Yeah. I have one more. Um, this is the Theology Podcast. So um, there is a podcast called Queen of the Sciences. It is hosted by, now um, I'll explain what that title means. It's actually an interesting choice for a, a podcast title. Uh, but it's hosted by Sarah Hinlicky Wilson and her father, Paul Hinlicky. Uh, they're both theologians. Paul is more of a veteran theologian. Paul Hinlicky is actually a faculty member at Institute of Lutheran Theology, where I'm doing my doctorate. I've never taken a class with him. I've never, I don't know him. <laughs> I just know he's on faculty. Okay. Um, that wasn't intentional that I never take. I just thought my course of study is kind of. You know, I avoided him on purpose. Yeah, I didn't like intentionally avoid him. <laughs> uh, but I've, I've only heard his voice on this podcast. But I don't mind. Um, like most of my classes this this the direction my course of study took most of my classes have been under uh jack kilkreese who has been a guest on this show so um but uh paul hinlick he's a he's he's a luther scholar but he also he has a uh and he's a uh rostered pastor in the elca um but he has a wide um he's not just he's he's kind of like a I don't want to say jack of all trades, like in theology, like he knows like all kinds of theology sub subtopics. He just he has like just a good knowledge of and uh, has a good contributive voice too. I would say um, he he studied at Union under like he studied under Cornell West. He studied under uh, oh wow okay uh, for our people who are into biblical studies. He studied under J. Lewis 
uh, Martin when he was, I mean, he was, he was at that time in the early eighties. And um, so, and he's kind of one of our, you know, more esteemed professors, I guess, at ILT, but um, he, uh, so I've listened to so this podcast, Queen of the, it's his daughter, Sarah and him and Queen of the Science, Queen of the Science is actually what the theology used to be referred to, like in the middle ages, mm-hmm. um, kind of the old, uh, liberal arts, um, uh, kind of the classic uh I, it, 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 just the I forget, i'm forgetting the latin term just the study of the like the the several major hu- humanistic uh study uh the theology was considered like the queen of all of them um of course when the yeah, enlightenment yeah. came theology was displaced as that and yeah and, got, um, became, got the boot a little bit <laughs> right it became subject to reason you know but um so it's called queen of the sciences and they do episodes on they'll do episodes on like biblical books like they'll spend like two to three episodes on the book of acts or two to three on the book of galatians Mm -hmm. um they will do uh, episodes on like certain theological movements or philosophical movements like if you want to get like a good like just breakdown it's i think he does like a good like accessible breakdown of like some of these like major philosophical currents um without having to go read like Immanuel Kant or Hegel like he Paul's able to kind of break it down for a lot of people just to understand and um and they do episodes on certain church figures especially like Luther's thought but they also like they have an episode on Ignatius of Antioch they do an episode on St. Augustine and they also do some social commentary like they they study like the the basically what the contribution of theology and philosophy over the centuries and how that has like affected even our current class. They did actually, they actually did an episode, which I'd highly recommend people to check out called uh, critical social theory. Uh, it was the title of it. And um, okay. I shared that um, about three to four weeks ago. I shared that link on, on Facebook um, just because I thought it was so good. I just thought people should, because, because he, it, it kind of touches on a similar vein as that that first show I talked about, uh, about kind of the, yeah. the wokeism, political correctness. It was like, where does this, you know, where does all this stuff come from? And they actually do an episode on tracing certain lines of thought from like the Frankfurt school and which was a tw- mid 20th century, uh, Marxist, uh, movement and response to other things going on. And, uh, they eat, Paul breaks down philosophers in the sixties, like, uh, Derrida, Foucault okay and kind of to show where the continuities in some of this stuff that's really hit on the popular level because this is what used to be uh you know critical theory or critical race theory these used to be like academic like you know things and now they're like everyone's kind of latched on to like a bitter piece of it whether they fully like understand it or not and you know it's like it's like the popular like way of like it's affected our thought and discourse on the popular level right but they they really trace yeah. where's it come from where are the continuities where are the discontinuities and um paul hillicky's like, like they, they will not like shy back from being critical of something but they also will try to give um something that's either the the attention it deserves to under, fully understand where certain, you know, schools of thought come from, what were the concerns that led to this way of thinking, you know, really well done. It was called the, the episode's called critical social theory, but, um, but yeah, it's, it's a really good episode. It's, it's, if I had to think of like an, like 
um it's it's kind of like they they really like like they really accomplish what like i aim to do in this podcast which is to have um just good conversations around yeah you know theology philosophy and whatnot and um so yeah it's uh yeah but it's called queen of the sciences so i'd recommend people check them out so that's awesome yeah, I mean, we we did leave off one fantastic podcast that I've been uh, considering recently, of course, which is which is this one. Oh yes, um, <laughs> which is fantastic and always very stimulating. And uh, the guests you have on, including you know sometimes me, say good things. Uh, but but uh, I, yeah, it's, it, this show has been awesome and really fun to be part of, and really fun to to uh, you know, hear from the wide range of people you have on. So well done with this one. Well, thanks, Stephen. I. Uh... Yeah, you will. We, uh, I was gonna make a joke to that, but I don't even know what I was gonna say. <laughs> so, <laughs> so, we're, we're about, we have about, um, I guess, you know, I might have been, uh, it might, it might be true that we're only spending the last few minutes on Billy Graham. Um, how, I guess, hmm, how should we tie everything we've discussed so far into Billy Graham? We've hit on <laughs> demons, we've hit on, yeah. um, relation relationship counseling in a way <laughs> we we sure. hit on um uh yeah i already said hit on mega on mega church pastors and, and mega church uh, pastors massive massive fellow. uh right. well how about this i mean uh opposite of uh, demons this is not correct but angels right that's what they are oh you remember our pre-show conversation <laughs> where i was talking about the yeah there's a book there's a book called angels by billy graham uh, for our listeners, check out. It's actually kind of a dated book. Um, I, I I didn't like know the year it was written and published. Um, I could have told. Then I looked it up, and it's 1975. And I was like, well, that makes sense because I feel like I'm reading some. Because there's no there's there's references to like um, certain trends, national trends that are very like okay, that this is like 20th century, you know. Um, he but anyway, so the book is uh basically billy graham's um he, it's he, he it's just like a, a book that covers like the topic of angels and he has different chapters in it um i'll just read some of the table of contents uh chapter one is our angels god's secret agents two are angels for real three chapter three angels visible or invisible so just like this is kind of like uh, angel <laughs> angelology which is an actual term um, yeah. it's like demonology is it's kind of angels 101 and he kind of like he kind of just uh, uh breaks down what the bible the bible says about angels and why uh what we can believe as christians about angels because of what the bible says it's really interesting um yeah. i'll uh there's a part in it where he notices uh billy graham picked up on some uh I guess some mid seventies polling of like Americans and they, at that time, 70% of Americans believed in a personal devil. And uh, I would imagine that uh, would be lower today, but mm -hmm. in the mid seventies, when this poll was done, it showed an increase in the seventies from like several decades earlier of belief in a, personal devil um and i think he also i can't find where 
is I have like the ebook copy in front of me, but I think he he noted similar polling increases and in just general beliefs in supernatural, in the in the supernatural. So um kind of like what we were talking about the spiritual realm this book is kind of dedicated to um arguing for the reality of angels demons uh etc and it's it's really a comforting book i um i was gonna like maybe pull some quotes from it uh but basically he uh says that um you know angels are 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 um they are there are they're a gift to us i mean they they so there's pretty much in a way god's agents um who are there to uh love us right they're they're an agency of god's love um to us and even though we can't okay. see them um he very much goes on the notion that faith is uh faith uh largely involves things we don't see right um I mean, a good, just a good, it's, it's a classic book that, I mean, um, it's uplifting and it's, you know, I would just, yeah. I don't know if it's how much it's read. I mean, a lot of Billy Graham's writings are just uh, several decades old at this point, but they've really, in many ways, they stood the test of time. But uh, he did get into kind of the satanic, like this is written in 75 and and he, he was talking about how like uh, movies like The Exorcist were, you know, there's some 70s horror films were coming out and he kind of noticed like that, yeah. that there's kind of a, a one end there's a belief in the supernatural, but there's also kind of an unhealthy fascination with like sure. evil and the Satan, uh, which I think was was true at the time. Um, and he, he kind of starts to hint that there's going to be a growing thing in this. And of course, in the 80s, there was purportedly, um you know the satanic panic and of course looking back now sure. we know how largely like exaggerated that was <laughs> i remember right, watching right. i remember having to watch the Geraldo special for part of my like <laughs> part of my before i went to public school I went to uh religious school which was you know for the most part an awesome formational and great school but uh we, i remember this is like back in the 90s and it was even dated then but they wanted to kind of warn us about the occult and stuff like that so we had to watch sure. the Geraldo special that he did on satanism but that oh, special that was back when people actually watched everyone watched tuned into something on tv you know it's not like now everything's decentralized and so people were like you know that that only helped with well i don't want to say helped but it only contributed to the kind of nationwide panic that there was satan worshipers around the corner like ready yeah, to yeah. like harm yeah, yeah. you and you know sacrificing just, goats and maybe children sacri yeah. right and it was largely like uh, blown yeah. i mean I, i've got kind of digressed in that <laughs> but um well so this yeah. was like a, a real kind of uh, this was a a a not a real thing uh, this was kind of a big bogus thing to happen like but graham was noting just he, he just he found interest in what was going on in the 70s with uh you know, people like believe people, more people believing in spirituality, spiritual reality, which he, which he found is a good thing, but then also like people's fascination in the occult. So I don't know. It's uh, true. Can I, can I blow your mind real quick? Yeah, man, I was going to, uh, I heard you trying to get in. I want, yeah. What, what's going on, man? <laughs> listen, so I Googled, I Googled Gallup uh, on people that believe in the devil. And in 1990, 55% believes in the devil. It's mm -hmm. been rising since then, 94, 65, 
2,168 and 2007, 70%. Wow. Back to 70 and 2000. Can you wonder what these factors are? I mean, I can, I could like speculate and pull some things out of my, I don't want to say my butt, my head. (laughs) I don't know. (laughs) Out of your intellect, Drew, out of your intellect. Who's the no, or who's the, I mean, there's so many reasons to why that I mean well that goes I mean, up and okay down. to tie to weave this back into your your uh your blocked and reported people believe in evil right people believe in in that if you you know it's better or worse if you hold these opinions you're not just wrong you're, you're evil. morally evil and so if the belief in evil goes up then the quintessence of evil should that makes sense too people would believe in the devil at that point you know right uh, yeah that's not a great explanation but no i think you're onto something but i think like people it's so funny like in our in our more you know the more uh media culture pop culture just i mean i guess um the more it becomes so secular and detached from any like reference to religion i mean there's so many things that once filled the space that religion did um whether in a lot of its secular ideology you know but yeah they still retain this idea that there is pure evil now for me i don't know how you explain that without the biblical christian explanation um yeah but it's people will still they won't give up and it also becomes unhealthy because obviously um normative christianity or what I would call small O Orthodox Christianity since it's yeah. early days, since the early days of Christianity, Christians have battled against some unhealthy exaggerations of the duality of good and evil. For instance, the, uh, yeah. the Manichaean uh, heresy, or it was, it was a, you know, second, third, fourth century movement where uh, evil was an active force. Good was an active force. And um basically the world of matter was evil the and it was but yeah. there's a divine realm that's not it and I, I may not have explained it perfectly but it's it's, it's kind of a, in a nutshell it's what it is and that was considered like even the christians who believed in real evil but they they and they they saw that as even an exaggerated distortion because it 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 was almost as if uh god never wins it's just a constant like back yeah. and forth um yeah it's it's you know so it's a you know there are there are ways to there's some unhealthy i guess dualisms that can arise from that but um where was i going with that i don't know but um you you mentioned like i don't know how people explain this apart from like the christian explanation of things christian framework (laughs) i mean you, you know you've got eastern religions that talk about the dark and the light but they always typically talk about balance, if I understand correctly. And the Christian view is that there are some things that don't need to be part of the equation. You know, right. we don't need to balance good and evil, which is what I always thought was funny about uh, the the prequels of Star Wars. Right. They're like, <laughs> we want to bring balance to the force. You know how there's like actual hundreds of Jedi and there are no known Sith. We want to bring balance to that. And then they're surprised when Sith show up and kill all the Jedi. Right, uh, come on, guys. We don't need <laughs> bad is bad and good is good. That's that's where we're at here. Um, <laughs> yeah, and they tried to rationally explain the force as like yeah, midichlorians. I only I feel like such a dork. Jar Jar Binks. I know that uh, word. It yeah. was a big 
trash mistake, but um, <laughs> <You're> right. <laughs> well, uh, real quick before we go, I went to the Billy Graham uh, library. Yes, um, please share about that uh, in Charlotte, and it was incredible. Did you see their? Uh, did you go visit their their graves when you were there? I was no. So uh, for our listeners, we both, Steve and I, were both at the Billy Graham Library in the past five months. This was not like, and we both kind of just went there at least i went there it was not it was not like pre-planned it was like i had a, a yeah. layover in charlotte so i was like hmm. i just did an episode well this is back in the summer when we did our first episode and so i went but no uh sorry steven i i uh but to your question no i did not actually go we only looked at the inside and did the tour i did not yeah. see the grace what what it look is that experience so I just thought it was great. So first of all, it was very humbling and sobering to be, you know, to be there and be like, man, this is him. And because he and Ruth are both buried side by side. Mm-hmm. And but to me, uh, Ruth Graham uh, on her on her gravestone, uh, in the what does it say? It says, um, uh, yeah, con- uh, was it construction complete? Thank you for your patience. Oh, really? Or end of construction. Thank you. And that is from, she was driving down the road and she saw a road sign mm-hmm. that said end of construction. Thank you for your patience. And she said, I want that to be on my gravestone. And it's very, and I just thought that was fantastic. Right. It's yes. like we are never, com- <laughs> we are never complete until we dwell with, yeah. with God. So we're with Christ. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. Full, you know. I thought that was great, but I, it was actually surprising. I'm not an emotional person. I consider myself an emotional person. It was surprisingly uh, uh, an emotional experience being there. Um, it's a very interactive, very interesting uh, museum, uh, basically. And you go through, you know, the ministry of Billy Graham. But I don't know. I was very moved at many yeah. points just because it is because you're, you're there and you're seeing and hearing stories about people who God used this man to reach and the, and the things that, you know, don't make any sense um, that, that, uh, you know, that people should have given, you know, what we think of as just a a Bible thumper, um, you know, that kind of of, uh, credence and listen to it. But I mean, he, there are, they have a, a whole thing where there's like guns and switchblades that were collected from people that came to these crusades and gave up lives of violence, you know, it's just incredible. And you think, I think I understand, you know, how things work and what's going to work and what's not going to work. I think I understand that stuff. And then you, you hear these stories and you're like, man, God's, God's doing all kinds of things that I have no idea about and that I would never think would work. And it was just, it was very moving. I, I was blown away by the whole thing. Highly, highly recommend it. Yeah, I mean, for our listeners, I mean, my experience, I, mean, I just saw the inside and we did like the guided tour and um, uh-huh. which had like different recreations of like a revival tent that Billy Graham would have, you know, mm-hmm. in or, or seen as a kid, right? Because he went to the earlier 20th century revivals as growing up. And that's what kind of, that's what, uh, you know, slowly shaped him into being a revival uh tell an evangelist uh they have a recreation of the um graham living room with the fireplace um yeah it's all it's it's you know really you know like a lot of museums kind of just like a like showcasing like different uh significant moments and places of 
a person's life and legacy, but um, I, I overall thought it, thought it was good. I, now at the end, I was little because <laughs> they have you do like that, give your life to Jesus thing at the end. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. For me, it's like that's kind of okay. You know, I'm I'm not a revival Christian. I'm a Reformation Christian. You know, the Reformation, right. <laughs> the the revival Christian says, uh, um, re- repent and give your life to Jesus. The Reformation Christian says, Jesus gave his life for you. Now repent. Uh, <laughs> that's a, yeah. that's a slight yeah, yeah, difference. Exactly. Um, exactly. So that emphasis has never been there for for you know, <laughs> background. But like, so like, okay, what do I do? Like at the end, they show you this this yeah. final summative video of the great work that God did through Billy Graham. Um, but then they have you like, they have you fill out a card and did you give your, you like give your life to Jesus or today. Yeah. That's, that's it. like, there's no option. There's like, well, uh, my, my life is I was completely unaffected by this. Thank you. <laughs> what, what do you, what do you do if like, you already like a, you, you already are following Jesus and <laughs> like, yeah. how do you, how do you answer that? Like, I mean, granted it's like, no face, it's like question. a card out and you drop it in a box, but um so it was very on brand it was very on brand it was very on brand. <laughs> but i mean i overall i mean i'm not trying to be critical i i enjoyed the museum i i liked the uh the bookstore after they had some neat things in there yeah. um but yeah i uh i thought it was really well done and i think you know billy graham is just such an important um person i think he just showed even with his fame even in his circles and the privilege he got of being just um you know the chaplain for the nation you know he he exercised such a humility which you didn't always see i mean you're talking about you're going back to your first podcast i mean he didn't unfortunately always see um in kind of later people of that brand now graham was not perfect um you right. can find, you know, I, I thought about like when we, back when we were, you know, all the time we were planning on doing the second episode, I was like, should we kind of go over some of that, some of the controversial stuff? And, you know, that's, you know, what, I mean, we just didn't have time, but so, but I think, you know, yeah. that, uh, it would have been uh, cool to kind of maybe go through some of that, but um, I think what, but I think ultimately what we can take from Graham's story and Graham's example is that um you know god did incredible work through him right like what do you what, what does it matter yeah. if christ is preached and um um you know i think we've just been our the world was blessed i don't say our country the world was blessed to have him um for all those years yes all those years yes you know? i remember god, god did amazing things through him right that's what like you, you talked about you know again we come back to the block and reported thing like de- demanding perfection before we will celebrate what someone has done or is doing mm-hmm. um that 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 way leads madness right like that's that's where we you could never be excited about anything if you demand that someone have everything right and right as human beings we should be the best at celebrating the good in spite of <laughs> Of mm-hmm. the stuff that's not good, you know. Well, you'll never find you'll never find peace if it's all just a, uh, you know, about if it's <laughs> if it's all just about moralism, right? Uh, and I hate <laughs> moralism. I I think I try to uh, I try to like knock it every like time I get to preach or do a podcast stuff. I try to sneak in something about how much I hate moralism. Um, 
<laughs> I really do. But <laughs> so there you go. Um, with you, and it doesn't mean that I hate morals and being a moral right. person. Our listeners will know the difference. <laughs> so, yes. yes, indeed. But yeah, Steve, it's been a pleasure to have you on again. Um, oh, thanks so much for, thanks so much for inviting we're me. We're going to aim to be back on in February when Yumi and Michael, who's was a guest on our secular summer reading list, yes. we're getting together to talk about some stuff. I don't know what yet, but we'll figure it out. But on that, because I'll be coming up for uh, up to Shreveport, where we'll do a in person episode. Yeah. Before we go Love see, it. or yeah, so Steve and I are going to go see Gary Clark Jr., blues artist. Check him out too. For our yes. I don't know if he's Can't explicit. Wait. I don't think he is, but you know, blues kind of kind of tends to cover the dark sides of life and true. Music, so, <laughs> so <laughs> is, it, is that a, is that an E question mark rating? Yeah, I don't, uh, maybe, I don't know. If, maybe I, I don't know if you were in Spotify or Pandora, Gary Clark, if his music would come up as E for explicit. But yeah, he's, we're excited about it. It'll be a fun show. So. All right, Stephen. God bless. Uh, enjoy the rest of your time in St. Louis. So. Yeah, will do. And you, you have a you enjoy yourself too in this Christmas season. And uh, thanks for having me on. All right, man. Merry Christmas. Happy New Year. Uh, you too.